Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. And well, good morning to you. Thanks for being here today as we continue to, to launch our new ministry year. If you were not with us last Sunday, we, we called uh, last Sunday, first Sunday of our, our, our second Sunday, but we call it our Vision Sunday, where we have sought the Lord, and, and where exactly do we sense Him leading us? And the uh, theme for the year, theme for this coming year as we follow Him, is simply this. Follow me, the words of Jesus to Peter, the words of Jesus to 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 disciples of his, follow me, so a, a, just a crystal clear focus on him, into a life of humble, loving service. And we've summed it up with that little phrase, let's do some good, let's do some good, let's do some good. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, for we are, are uh, God's handiwork or masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance for us to do. So before we were even here, born, God has created good for us to do as we are recreated in the image of Christ and follow him into a life of love. And one of the primary um, thoughts and themes as we think about this is movement, action. When Jesus, last week we looked at him washing feet, he left that uh, picture of this is what it looks like to follow me as he washes his disciples' feet. And then he said to us, do as I have done for you. And he didn't say talk about it, think about it write about it, sing about it. He said, do it. (laughs) Do as I have done for you. And so our prayer is this year would be a year of action, a year of motion where we're moving into what God has has called us to do. So to get it started, we are are doing this, we've called this uh, first six-week series orientation. Now I hesitate to use that word because when I say orientation, what do you think? Boring, skip it. You know, those videos you have to watch when you start a new job, like, hey, and, and, but this is not boring, and this is not unimportant. It, it is crucial truth that will energize us to do the good God's called us to do. And three questions today are, are going to guide our time. Where am I? Who am I? And why in the world am I here? And we're going to go right back to the first page of the book, Genesis chapter 1. Now, if you're new to following Christ, the first page in the New Testament of the book is a, a parallel passage. It's John chapter 1, and you want to be sure to read John 1 as you read Genesis 1. But we, we don't have time to get into John 1 today, but we'll, we'll start with Genesis 1, chasing this first question, where am I? And so if you would join me, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, says this, In the beginning, God. God, the all-sufficient one, God who exists outside of time, God who does not need us and yet saw fit to create. In the beginning, God starts time. God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless, formless. It, it did not have structure, did not have order. It, was, uh, it lacked the beauty of our current earth and empty. It did not have life. It was void and dark. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, picture of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the one who regenerates us, recreates us. Here at the start, he's the one who is hovering. And it's a picture of something's about to happen right here. 
Spirit of God hovering over the waters. And here it comes, and God said, this will be repeated again and again and again, drumbeat, and God said, you might circle it in your Bible, and God said, let there be, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light was good. The, the pattern you'll hear repeated is, God said, let there be, and there was, and it was good. God said, let there be, and there was, and it was good. God said, let there be, and there was, and it was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening and morning the first day. Interesting. When God started the calendar, when, when do we think of our day starting? In the morning. We go morning to evening. Not in God's calendar. He started with evening and goes to morning. Why? Let's read on. It says, And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault, separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. so God said, Let there be, and it was so. And God saw the, called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry land dry ground appear and it was so and God called the dry ground land and the waters he called seas and God saw that it was good then God said let the land produce vegetation seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds important uh, phrase there according to their various kinds you might circle that in your bible and it was so the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, and it, there was evening and morning the third day. Hump day, it's Wednesday. Interesting how um, right now God is really just, he, he's uh, created the place, the location. He, he's got the sky, he's got light, he's turned on the lights, got the space, he's got the house built, he, he has the uh, the provision, the fridge is stocked, but there's no life. And so first three days really is about creating the place, but here comes the good stuff. Verse, uh, carrying on it says, verse 14, and God said, let the lights in the vault of the sky, or let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from night, and let them serve as signs to mark the sacred times, days, and years, and let, let, them be light let there be lights in the vault of the sky to give light to the earth and it was so god made two great lights to govern the day the greater to govern the day the lesser to govern the night he also made stars and he set them in the vault of the sky to give light on earth to govern the the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness and god saw that it was good and there was morning evening and there was morning the fourth day and god said let the waters team with living creatures and all the fishermen in the house said amen will i saw you back there the uh <laughs> thank the lord for aren't you thankful he, he wants some teaming with living creatures lots of fish to be caught and uh raises a theological question did they go fishing before the fall but anyway lots of questions would come up stay on track the uh <laughs> and the birds of the fly i mean the birds let the birds fly above the heavens and across the vault of the sky. And so God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the waters teem and that move about it. 
according to their kinds. Again, an important phrase, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the, the waters in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. I mean, the fifth day. All right. Then God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds. The livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, the wild animals, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds, and it was good. Side note, the according to their kinds, God's creating structure in his creation. And we know when God made a kind of creature, within that kind, that creature has permission to, I won't say evolve, but, but they're, um, take a dog, two kinds of dogs. They say the wolf was the start of the dog pack. But, and then you look at all the different kinds of dogs. Textbooks, beginning back in the whenever that started, the theory of evolution began to be taught, said, hey, we see evolution evidence of evolution and you know what there is evidence of evolution within kinds what's the achilles heel of this theory of evolution which those of us who hold followed the uh our followers of jesus hold to a, a uh, creation of the earth by god not uh by evolution and side, another side note why do i hold that because jesus held to that and Jesus is the one who claimed to be the Son of God, uh, died on the cross, rose from the dead. And I'm going to go with the guy who rose from the dead. And he held to Genesis. He held to the uh, Old Testament as being the, the uh, inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God. And, and so, bottom line, that's why, why we hold to this. But um, the Achilles heel of the theory of evolution, which is taught like fact in our schools, is this. There are not fossils, evidence of transition fossils between the kinds. It's a, it's a faith step. And we don't have time to get into all that, but, but uh, um, that's, a whole, that's another class. And by the way, we have classes at 9 and 1030 to talk through these things that we don't have time to get to uh, talk through right now. But let's keep on. But it's really important. How many times does it say according to their kinds? I think this is a, a point God is making for us. And then, it, and then uh, verse 26 says, And then God said, Let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness. First evidence of the Trinity. We know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all involved in the, the act of creation. So that they may rule over the fish, fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said, I give to you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has, the, uh, that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. And to the beast of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. 
And, and I just picture, we don't know if the whole earth was like this for sure, probably the Garden of Eden, but, you know, uh, Adam and Eve said, hey, where do you want to do dinner tonight? And it's like pretty much right where we're at. The, it was a, a perpetual uh, fruit salad. <laughs> and you're just sitting right here and you just go, and you got dinner, right? And man, that was good, different than yesterday because we were somewhere else in the garden. And it's just lush, growing. I love that picture. God's provision. But then uh, here's the summary statement. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. And on the seventh day, he rested from the work. Then he blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Holy means set apart for a special purpose because on it he rested from all the work that he had been, work of creating that he had, been, that he had done. And last year, our theme was one thing. And part of our one thing theme was the Sabbath. It's not a command of God, but it's a gift of God to enjoy. So we talk about a daily meeting, a weekly Sabbath, where we rest from creating in our work to enjoy Him and to focus on Him and enjoy the, the, what He's allowed us to, to do over the past week. Okay, are we all good? That was a lot of content, I know, but I think it's important we read right through God's Word and this core text. And question, where am I? It answers that question as we realize, you know what? When Jesus calls us to follow him, we're in his world, right? This is his universe. This, all that is, including me, is here by his grace alone, sustained by him, made by him, by him and for him, I exist for his glory. Therefore, what does that communicate? And it's the principle of ownership. God owns all this. Sometimes we come into the world thinking, I, I, it's my, we start talking about mine and my rights. And this reminds us right off the bat, we have no right ever to say mine. <laughs> it's all his. My, the next breath that I breathe, it's his breath. My time is his time. My body, my stuff, our kids, our families, they're not ours. They're his. And it goes right back to he made everything. Continues to do that. And it helps us find, okay, where am I? I am in his universe. And what a clarifying thought. Just to remember this as we, it keeps us saying, this is not my life. It's his life. And um, all that I have. And so when he says, follow me, that act of surrender to follow him, it, it's, it's fitting, it's saying, it's, it's what we're it's stepping into who we are as his creatures. But the second um, part of this truth it, is uh, it not only does it, is it clarifying, but it, is, uh, it builds our confidence as it reminds us, this is his house. So when Jesus says, follow me, he's, we've got a good leader, don't we? we don't need to worry about the provision he, he's going to see us through and and i love it how when jesus called the disciples he gives them he winks at them and remind, gives them a little glimpse of i'm the creator remember peter he gives them that big catch of fish start and finish before he calls them to follow him and peter falls on his knees in worship realizing something different about this this one he's the maker and when we're following him it's going to be good because 
the mountain up ahead, he made the mountain. He can move the mountain. Wonder, how am I going to get around the mountain? He, he may put a hole through it, may pick us up and take us over it. The sea in front of us, how am I going to get through that sea? Moses, can I get a witness? <laughs> if he calls me through the sea, he can part it if he wants to. He can bend the laws of this universe. He can make, he can create. This is the one who said, follow me. Let's go do some good. Confidence, do you feel that? That's why it's so important that we, we, we remember this. Where am I? I am in his creation. And then the second question that this text answers is, who am I? And we, we tend to, as humans, we think after the fall too highly of ourselves or too lowly of ourselves. The two ditches we tend to fall in. But this truth, the answer to this question keeps us in the, on the road in between. And the, the answer is simply this. Who am I? We are creatures made in the image of God. Back to verse 27. Fascinating as you stop and, and think about this. Verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our own image. And then verse 27, So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created them, male and female, he created them. Did you notice how many times God said, use the, uses the word created? I think it's a, a reminder to us, we are creatures. Who am I? I'm a creature. Created in the image of God, but, but I think creature, what, what does this communicate to us and how does this help us? It keeps us humble. It drives us to humility, doesn't it? We cannot keep ourselves alive, bottom line. What, so you think about being a creature. Um, think about, um, and back to the text where it says, evening, morning, why does God wire us as humans to run out of battery every 16 hours and need to fall asleep. And our day starts with rest. Why? I can't help but think it's a gracious provision to remind us you're a creature. Well, what's the one big difference between us and God? He doesn't rest. He is energy, eternal, perpetual. We, we run out of energy. Every 16 hours, we fall asleep. It's a reminder, creature, 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 which keeps us sane. What's our greatest danger? It's pride. To think, I can do this. I, I am God of my life, and, and I don't need him. And God's like, no, 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 remember this. Who am I? Creature, but, but a creature instilled with incredible dignity in that we are made in the image of God. Isn't that awesome? We have been created. Of all the creatures, God created us to reflect his glory in a unique way. Made in the image of God. Therefore, every, the, the implication here, which is huge as we do life together, every human life has dignity. Every human life matters, is sacred, has infinite value, dignity from conception, which is the moment that it happens in the mother's womb, to final breath. Um, we are uh, we have dignity. Psalm 139, David is just worshiping uh, as he looks at the dignity and, and how God created us. He says, verse 13, For you created me in my, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. This is why murder is wrong. Ever thought about that? Like, why, why is it wrong to take another life? In Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, notice what God says. Whoever sheds human blood, by humans shall their blood be shed, for in the image of God has God made mankind. And then you go to the New Testament, and James says, it is wrong to curse another human. Why? He raises the same reason, James 3, 8, 9, because we are made in the image of God. It's wrong to even speak a curse against another human. And then James 2 says, it's wrong to even show favoritism. This is why racism is wrong. This is why gender bias is wrong, age bias is wrong. Whatever it is that we devalue another human is wrong. Why? Because every human is made in the image of God with dignity. Foundational as we seek to follow Christ and set out to do good. Our sin has, has, yes, our sin has defaced us, defaced the image of God within us, but it has not erased the image of God. God has crowned us with, David writes in Psalm 8, after the fall, God has crowned humans with glory and honor, uh, made in his image. Paul explains in second, and then Jesus came to fully restore the image of God within us, and we'll get into this later, but 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, whoever is in Christ is a new creation meaning the inner part of us that was uh, marred at the fall. We, we have been made new. The old is gone, the new has come. And then 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, as we look to Jesus, we reflect his glory, and we are being transformed into his image with an ever-increasing glory. So today, as we show up we, we, and as we seek to follow Christ and look to Christ, we're being changed to be more and more like him. And uh, what a, an incredible reality. So who am I? I'm a creature made in the image of God. And thinking back over the past six months, one of the huge positives, I think, coming out of this COVID season that I know I've never experienced in, in my lifetime was that sense of the whole world shutting down to protect human life. Wasn't that awesome? Like, I mean, March 13, 14, 15, it's just like we're going to shut it down to protect human life. Make sure that the sick are cared for and they have enough ventilators. And then also, as we went on and realized it's primarily the elderly that are at risk, to continue to do what we need to do to protect the elderly. And I uh, thank you as a church family for what you've done and continue to do to make our even our gathering spaces a safe place for those who are vulnerable until we get this vaccine. But you know, uh, one, one of the negatives, I think, that have, has come out, it's actually a, it's a negative, but it's been a positive, is uh, in, in that it gives us a valuable lesson, have been the glaring inconsistencies as we seek to do our best to beat COVID. For uh, one quick example, NBA basketball, um, love it that they're playing, but they go out, they sweat on each other, they breathe on each other, they spit on each other, they all hold the same basketball, and... Uh, and then when they go to sit on the bench, they have to be six feet apart, wear a mask, whatever. And, and it's just like, okay, inconsistencies, and, 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 we, have, and we all have our story how, of how that's impacted our own lives. And we've been able to practice grace and patience and just say, hey, we don't, we don't know what 
And no one has this figured out, so let's just go with it. And we go with it. But what it raises is, as humans, we can, we're prone to error and we're fallible. And the one piece that just keeps hitting me, we're, we're praying that, that we would be able to beat this virus. And one of the, the scoreboard numbers is the death toll. And just uh, our heartaches as we see that, know that's impacted people and our, our thoughts and prayers are with the families of those impacted. But you see that number. Uh, how many people in our country have died from COVID? And I think the number is getting close to 200,000. And you see that number almost every day. But guess what number you don't see? And this is what just rocks me. 862,000. So 200,000, four times that. In the year 2017, babies aborted in our country. And that number was celebrated in that that was a decline from several years earlier. Today, I think that number continues to decline, but it's still up way over half a million babies will be aborted, vulnerable, um, without a voice. And we're streaming about a virus, and should be, to protect the, the vulnerable but what are we saying about protecting the unborn vulnerable? And I, as a church, I say, well done, and, and let's continue. We've championed ministries like Life Centers. And last year we gave our Thanksgiving offering, went $10,000 to help a, a van get started. It's called Save the Stork. And uh, they're parked even this week outside Butler's campus to give compassionate care to moms and, who are considering abortion and, and to save the lives of babies. Why do we do that? Um, made in the image of God, and every life has dignity. We believe that life begins at conception, and, and uh, that every life from first to final breath has dignity. And then the next question is, okay, where am I? I'm in his world. Who am I? I'm a, a creature created in his image. Third question, why am I here? And looking again at verse 26 says, then God said, let us make mankind in our own image so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, birds in the sky, over creation. And then, then again, God blessed them in verse 28. God blessed them, said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the rest of creation. Why am I here? And the, the summary um, job description or responsibility here is it's to rule over, to govern, to oversee the creation that, that God has established here on earth. We reflect the, say, okay, in what ways do we reflect the image of God? And we could talk lots of ways we reflect his image, but one way is a capacity to be a loving, gentle, and yet firm leader in establishing order and joining him in his work of, of creating here on earth. Need to, you stop and think, God has created us in his image. He left the world undone, made us like him, and said, now you go and continue this work of, what did he say after his, his job six days? It was good, it was good, it was good. So our job is to continue that on. And the, uh, 
Here's what's so cool as you stop and think about this. What's the end goal as we do our job of ruling over his creation, governing his creation with his heart? It's that, that his glory would fill the entire earth. Why have kids? Parents, I, I hate or not to pop bubbles, but, but you'll be frustrated until you see this. It's not so that they can go take care of us when we're sick, when we're almost dead and all that stuff, although that's helpful. But, <laughs> and it's not so we can have big family stuff, and although we enjoy that, that's all good. Why have kids? There's one reason, to fill this earth with the glory of God. That's it. Why? Because kids are made in his image, and they go out and they do good. And when they do good, Matthew chapter 5, 16, Jesus said, let your good works be seen so that people will glorify the Father in heaven. And we fill this earth with the glory of God. That's it. So what's this look like in our everyday life? Okay, breaking it down, I think there's a pattern that emerges on this first week of work that's instructive to us. God, creation starts, and what do we see? There's chaos, right? Formless, empty, void, dark, chaos. Monday morning happens for you, and what do you see? Most of it, there's chaos out there, right? And so we in his image get to go do this. What would God do? He said, let there be, we'll say this is envisioning, let there be. He saw something that wasn't, that should be, and he said, let there be. And then he went to work, he created with a word, and there was. Let there be, and there was. And then he looked back at the end of the day and said, that was good. That's it for us. That's the pattern. We, we, wake, we go into Monday morning and we say, okay, what is not that should be? And we say, as his image bears, let there be. Now, we don't do this in our own power. Jesus said, abide in me, John 15. So we're, this assumes a relationship with him and we're trusting him, we're seeking him, we're praying about it. We're, uh, we do it relying on his strength. We know it's his power working through us and we do it in accordance with his word and his will. But we say, let there be. And then we get to get busy and we go to work. Envision, create, and then at the end of the day, we look back and say, that was good. Say, what about the days when it's not good? That's uh, Genesis 3, and we'll get to that later. (laughs) That's why we throw tools and get mad and all that stuff. But anyway, another coming to that. But isn't that a cool picture? When Jesus says, follow me, let's do some good. Here's how it's going to look. Chaos out there. We envision prayerfully what should be and is not we say let there be we go to work we sweat God creates with the word we have to create by energy and and working and then we celebrate what was good and it's a praise moment at the at the end of the day for six days God envisions creates celebrates and then he invites us into it. he says now here's my creation you go do that join me in my work envision create celebrate a pattern to follow now here's where it gets exciting God has created each one of us you like no other human to go do good in a way that only you can do it stop and think about that you're in his world So he's going to provide all the building materials you need. He's going to provide the instruction and the direction that you need. You're made in his image. Therefore, I mean, stop and think about that. You you were made for this. And, And he's given us the pattern to follow. 
has called us to this. He said, go do this. We, we have the authority and the responsibility of our creator to do it. And we get to go out each new day under his authority, with his blessing, and make this world a better place, continue his creation work. Isn't that awesome? I, I think pretty much everything that's happened in this world has happened because someone envisioned, created, said, let there be, and there was, and it was good. Thursday night, come home, 6 o'clock. I knew there was chicken in the fridge, but it was, I knew I was going to have to grill it. But Chad got there a little sooner, and he said, let there be chicken in the sous vide, and there was, and it was good. But you know how that chicken got in the fridge and got in Kroger? A farmer somewhere said, let there be a chicken farm. Reese, keep doing what you're doing, growing those chickens. The farmer said, let there be a chicken farm, right, in the image of God. And there was. He went to work, built a chicken farm, and it was good. And we have chicken at Kroger, just like that, because a farmer said that. I had some good watermelon on Thursday, and it was because a watermelon farmer said, let there be a watermelon farm, and he went to work, and it was good. And then Brad Mayberry, aren't you thankful for Mayberry Cafe? But before Mayberry Cafe, someone said, let there be a TV show that goes out and drives good values. And we're still watching Mayberry, and they said, let there be, and there, they went to work, and there was, and it was good. This is it. And as the church, followers of Jesus Christ, in a couple weeks, we're going to have Aaron and Rachel Skorkin with us. They're on our mission staff now. But they saw a dark place in this world, and they said, there's not a church there. Let there be a church. And, and uh, now they're going to go to work, and we get to join them. And I, we're praying, and we believe by faith in five, ten years, it will be good, and souls will be saved. This is how it happens. Let there be, and there was. And it was good. And the, uh, and so it is for, for each of us. Now, here's the question. What is God calling you to do these days and in this season of your life? What's the good work that he's calling you to do? And it changes season to season. What's the good work? See it? Now, what's keeping you, what's the threat that would keep you from doing that good work? What, what's holding you up? It may be, Apathy and, and uh, laziness, it may be fear of failure, fear of provision, whatever. It may be insecurities, not sure I can do this. Whatever it is, what's that threat? And the challenge here is, okay, that as we remember where we are, who we are, and why we're here, that this truth would just pick us up over that threat, and that this coming week we would get busy. We would envision, say, let there be prayerfully and humbly and, and relying on the Lord, and then we'd go to work, and that it would be good. Amen? You say, why, why do this? And I remind us again, and this is, as I was coming back to Genesis 1, I think Genesis 1 is really a call to worship. And why join God in doing the good that he's called us to do down here. It's really worship. It's that we would fill this earth with his glory. And so what is it that God's calling you to do? Maybe, it's, maybe it has to do with art and, and to paint a picture. Maybe it's to write a song. Maybe it's to start a, a ministry. Maybe it's to start, go to school, pursue a new career. 
Maybe it's to find a wife and go do that for the glory of God. Maybe it's to start a family. What is God calling you to do? What's the good that God is calling you to do? And then to step into that, if it's consistent with the will of God, then may I encourage you to go for it. um, Expect critics as you do. Set out to do the good God's created you to do. The enemy of our soul doesn't want us doing good. Embrace the sweat. Anything worth doing is going to involve sweat. It's going to hurt. Again, Genesis 3 but it's, it's worth it. Endure the process. Isn't it interesting? God took six days to create. Why? He didn't need to do that. I think he's communicating to us process. Enjoy the process, but embrace the process and endure. When we hit Wednesday and we're wondering, man, is it going to happen? Trust him. Go. Carry on. Stay balanced. Pursue a healthy rhythm of work and rest. Work hard, but rest hard. Rest hard and then work. And then every six days, shut her down. He did, we can. It's by faith, but shut her down to refuel in his presence. Encourage one another. Hey, if you see somebody doing some good, put some wind in their sails. We don't need more critics out here. We need people getting behind each other just saying, hey, go for it. There's a thousand to one excuses why you shouldn't and a thousand to one critics saying they'll never do it. But, but to come up behind each other and just say, hey, man, I don't see what you see. But, but if you saw it, envision. Go create it for the glory of God. And when it's good, I'll be there to celebrate with you. And above all else, let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Hear him say, follow me. Let's do some good. Amen? So Genesis 1, I've always come at this with an academic bent, like to try to figure out how did God create the world? And that's good and important that we have a reason for our hope and all that stuff. But as I was studying it this week, you guys, do you know what I realized? I don't think God wrote Genesis 1 just to inform us academically how he made this world. Because he's not really that concerned that, you know, we're able to defend him in the classroom. God can defend himself, I think. He's like, Genesis 1, ultimately, is not about understanding what he made. It's about stepping into a relationship with the maker and God the opportunity to know this one who made it all who made us in his image and to worship him it's a call to worship and so as we begin this year set out to do good and can't wait to see where God's going to lead may we go with this core truth in mind who am where am I on his in his world who am I created in his image, and why am I here to to join him in doing good? Amen. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for your word to us today. Jesus, thank you for your grace and being the firstborn among creation, not only making us, but being made and, and coming here to recreate us in your image. Lord, I pray that that I, that you would continue your sanctifying work in each one of our hearts. Give us your love. Lord, as we absorb these truths this, this morning, we pray, um, or even now, we, we fill our smallness before you and as creatures. And we just kneel in your, the splendor of your greatness, your holiness, your wonder, your awesome creation and, and all that you are. 
we praise your name. We say thank you for loving us. Thank you for your grace. But then, Lord, we, we follow you to so get up and go to do good as image bearers. Lord, we pray for our church family this year. And God, I thank you for each person that's here today that's listening online and that you've called us together as your body and to go do good. Lord, help us to, to keep in step with you and let us do much good for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.